0: Welcome to Little Joydar. I went to see the Barbie film last week. I went along with my younger daughter and her friend. They're both eight. And I thought it was one of the most confusing, bewildering films, disjointed films I've ever seen. Normally I only go to see a film if the rating's really good, but I didn't really check the rating before going to see this. So I was pretty disappointed. I remember bumping into someone on the way home saying we'd just been to the Barbie film and um, I said I thought it was dreadful. Maybe one star. (laughs) I always give films a star rating out of five, one star out of five. My daughter and her friend, they thought it was really fun. I'm <laughs> like, gosh, I always forget to just view things as fun. However, I think that this film has a lot more to it than fun. And so because I couldn't get it out of my head, wondering what the message was in the Barbie film, I'm decide- I've am i decided to uh, go back and see it today. Um, see if I missed things. I had to keep telling my daughter and her friend to be quiet because they kept talking and laughing. You know, I could have missed a really important line while I was telling them to be quiet. So I'm going to go back today and see it. But first of all, I thought it would be interesting to reflect on uh, my um, own relationship with Barbie growing up because... It just seems really significant. This this doll is just so significant for females. But as I thought about it, I didn't actually have a Barbie when I was growing up. In the 70s and the 80s, I had Cindy. Cindy uh, was released a few years after Barbie. I don't think it was released as a reaction to Barbie or anything like that, but we had Cindy's, I have two sisters, uh, no brothers, just us three, three girls together. We loved playing with our Cindy's. And as I thought about it even more, it's like, well, did we actually play with them and make them do things? Or did we just dress them up in clothes? And that is what I remember, just dressing them up. And in different outfits. And Cindy has been really important, maybe not for body image, for me, but for image. For how we look in clothes and those types of messages. We used to make our Cindy's clothes. We learned how to use the sewing machine at a very early age and we used to make Cindy's clothes. I used to design clothes for Cindy. I used to have one of those fashion wheels as well and combined with that and Cindy, I think it's one of the things that made me want to be a fashion designer. That's one of the earliest things I wanted to be, was a fashion designer we didn't have any dream house, couldn't afford one of those, had some amazing pieces of furniture. Does anyone remember the bar, the, not the barbie, the Cindy shower? Oh my goodness, it was amazing. It was battery operated. It used to have water in the bottom and then the water would um, come up the pipe and actually shower Cindy. It used to make a lot of noise. I noticed that you can get one off of eBay for £15 at the moment but it was an amazing amazing item so yeah no dream house we used to just have our cindy's like their home was behind the sofa yeah lots of fun playing with cindy so i don't really remember much about them giving me any any body image messages but a lot of image messages if that makes sense and then, as I grew older and became a mother, my older daughter—I mean, she got given Barbies. I, I wouldn't have chosen to give her Barbies if Cindy's were still around, but I don't remember them being around. Um, and another thing that I wanted to mention was when I talked to my sister about um, Cindy's Barbies, uh, she she reminded me that we were told that Cindy—sorry, keep <laughs> getting get them mixed up that Barbie was a tart, and that's why we didn't have Barbies, and that Barbie's clothes were tarty, that was a real buzzword in the seventies and the 80s, and you know, what an interesting message to be given, it's a doll, (laughs) just it shows all those things that are loaded onto a Barbie, and then when I was in my early 20s with my very thin size 8 body, I had this tiny little cropped t-shirt that's a pink t-shirt that said Barbie is a S-L-U-T. You know, what? what's that about? (laughs) Another projection of what it's like to be a woman onto the Barbie. So yeah, I gave my uh, older daughter Barbies to play with, Um, my younger daughter as well. They She has Barbies, um, but I probably would have given them Cindy's if you could find those things. Occasionally you find the odd vintage piece of Cindy furniture in charity shops and I will buy that instead of Barbie stuff. I always thought it was a bit better quality to be honest. But um, with all that said, I still think that seeing the Barbie film is really important and... When when I was at university doing my art degree, I did a little project. Not quite sure. Not quite sure how this project came about, or if I can even find the piece of artwork that I made. But it was basically a book of a doll that I had taken to pieces and um, put stapled into the pages of this kind of three D book, and it was all about body image. I think. At that age, 20s, early 20s, I was already aware of how, how much I was being affected by this need to have a perfect figure. And again, I projected that onto Barbie, um, blamed Barbie for it, if you like. And I mean, it was everywhere else in society too. I noticed that one of the trailers um, before the Barbie film, when I saw it the other day, was Kate Moss. Looking extremely young, even though she's just a little bit older than me, you know. Like in the Diet Coke ads, and you know, Kate Moss was part of me feeling like you have to be extremely thin um, to be, I don't know, a perfect woman. So, so I'm going along to see the film again today. Today, I'm taking my daughter again, my younger daughter. I'm taking my notebook with me as well. I'm going to write in the dark, because you're not meant to have your screen on, can't take notes on my phone. I'm going to write in a notebook in the dark, probably really bad writing, and try to see what the message is from the film. Another thing I did after seeing the film the other day, as I was so confused, I asked on Facebook... I did a post about whether Barbie affected other people's relationships with their body. Hardly anyone answered. One person messaged me saying that they were never affected by Barbie and that they've always had wobbly bits and they don't care. I aspire to being at that level of okayness with my body. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I have a diagnosis of body dysmorphic disorder. I only got given that diagnosis about a year ago, even though I have been in state of hating my body for a good 40 years. Someone else commented on my post saying that they never had any body issues that they they thought Barbie had a nice figure that that they themselves have always been thin, so they didn't have any body issues and I just thought that's a really interesting answer because the thinness means equals having no body issues and they 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 answer, they said that they like to be healthy rather than thin and um be a size 12 and I just commented saying isn't it crazy that a size 12 is classed as large and then a few days later um, this person commented with the meme that you may have seen about barbie so instead of a b at the start of barbie they've replaced it with a c for carbie and it's a picture of a a larger size Barbie in the little pink dress. Not a very flattering post with like with several double chins. And this person said that it really made them laugh. But it didn't make me laugh at all. And so I asked, you know, what do you find funny about it? They haven't replied yet, so I'm left wondering what it was that they find funny about it. But I can't help but see it as This fat shaming that happens that some people don't even not even aware that that is what it is. A criticism of larger bodies. So, yeah, back to the cinema today and I will report to you later about what I got from the second showing of Barbie. So back from Barbie now just got caught in the rain got absolutely soaked so yeah I loved the film this time loved it I just it was like watching a totally different film um I could see more fun in it this time and I definitely got the message this time you might hear some pages from my journal like flipping over as I um, talk talk on this part of the podcast, I apologise about that. But yeah, I took notes in the cinema and in the dark. And that, um, my writing had to be quite big so that I could kind of see what I was writing down. I wanted to say earlier that as well as putting a post on my normal Facebook, I also put a post in the Body Dysmorphic group asking about if barbie affected their relationship with their body i ended up feeling that it was only me because hardly anyone commented on my normal facebook post i was just wondering if it's a a body dysmorphic thing um a lot of people did say a lot of people commented and a lot of people said that it didn't affect them because it's just a doll I beg to differ that it's just a doll but however a lot of people said it's just a doll a lot of people said that it really affected them that they wanted to be Barbie that they still want to be Barbie it reminded me of how I used to go to therapy and talk about how I wanted my skin to be plastic um, like so that it didn't get all these bumps and lumps on it That there is part of that in the film where Barbie gets a uh, sew so light like. and um yeah, just a lot A lot of people in the body dysmorphic uh, group said about how it wasn't just Barbie. We can't just blame it all on Barbie. It was everywhere in society. It still is everywhere in society, except maybe Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians have made having a bigger bottom very fashionable, but not a bigger stomach. I, I have a big stomach. I find it really hard to... See that maybe one day that is going to be something that is championed. I would love to be able to have liposuction. Have it all sucked out of my tummy and put it in my bottom. (laughs) So I'm sitting in in the cinema this time with my very empty tummy. Because I'm doing this intermittent fasting. And I just find that kind of ironic that I'm there doing the intermittent fasting, not eating a thing in the cinema because I want a smaller waist. So the film starts off with the smashing of baby dolls and it seems like a big thing about the smashing of motherhood and how boring it is to just play at being a mother. And it says about how Barbie came with her her own money, her own house, her own career, and she has her own land, Barbie Land. Ken is just an accessory to Barbie, and the whole of Barbie Land is run by Barbies. Barbie is the president, Barbie wins the Nobel Prizes, Barbie works in construction. Ken just beaches, he's just on the beach. I love the outfits in the film. Utterly amazing. I believe they're all um, styled, all remakes of actual Barbie outfits that you could have bought in the shops. So Barbie starts off really happy, really disco, dancing, and then she starts having an existential crisis. She asks the question, if anyone has thought about dying, she starts to malfunction she gets flat feet she can no longer well, um well she still does wear her high heels but she they don't they make her feet hurt <laughs> which is just a lovely little touch there and um she has to go visit weird barbie weird barbie has been played with too much and has her hair all chopped off like i'm sure each one of us did. I definitely did that to my Cindy's. She has drawing on her face. She's just not perfect. And yeah, Weird Barbie gives her the Matrix world choice of choosing the red pill or the blue pill. But in this case, it's a high heeled shoe or a Birkenstock, which is just really funny. And then she, Barbie decides that she's going to, well she doesn't want to decide, she's kind of forced to decide, decide that she's going to go into the real world, find out who is playing with her because the, the human playing with her is clearly having some sort of malfunction themselves and that this is being projected onto Barbie. It's a really good concept. As Barbie rollerblades into the real world, she's suddenly hit by self-consciousness. She doesn't even know what it's called. And then she realises the that the world, very quickly realises that the world, the real world, is just a patriarchy. There's one funny bit where she... Uh, that they want to talk to some construction workers to get some good feminine energy, but it's just a load of guys who make comments, double entendres to Barbie. Barbie starts getting confused. She meets an old woman at the bus stop. She tells the old woman how beautiful she is. And the old woman replies, I know, and I just love that piece, that bit, I know. But I also thought that an old woman would probably be self-effacing and say, oh, no, oh, no, not anymore, or something like that. But the old woman said, I know. And there's bits about Mattel, like all this patriarchy of the men in control of Mattel, trying to put Barbie back in the box. And then her getting anxiety, being called a bimbo, being told that she's the reason women feel bad about themselves. And there's one really funny line. I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? <laughs> really good. She's tried, she's tried to force back into the box by Mattel. They call her a Jezebel. Another amazing message there um, about what, what women are like. Uh, it's a name from the Bible. And then Ken, who also travelled with Barbie... Into the real world is just astounded at how much of a patriarchy it is and decides to take patriarchy back to Barbie land. There's one scene where Barbie meets the creator of Barbie, and I, I remember seeing an interview with Margot Robbie about how her favourite scene in the film was where she's having tea with the creator. Of Barbie, her name's Ruth, and when she's given a cup of tea, their fingers touch just like <clears throat> the Michelangelo for um the Michelangelo painting, where God touches Adam's finger, yeah, but I didn't think they made that much of it in the film. I don't think you would have noticed that unless you knew to know knew to look for it, and then Barbie. Goes back to Barbie land. Ken has changed Barbie land. Has taken over the dream house. With his mojo dojo casa house. And then Depression Barbie comes in. That's the only bit of the film that I love the first time round. You know like Depression Barbie. Comes with. Wears sweatpants. All day long. Comes with a family size pack of Starburst. And just watches reruns of the BBC's adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and Why Not, because it's the best Pride and Prejudice ever. Ken changes Barbie Land into Kendom. Yeah, and Barbie Barbie just can't cope. Read the speech at the end. It needs its own section. Apparently, people in the cinema were crying. Because of this speech. I didn't notice that happening myself. So yeah. Ken turns Barbie Land into Kendam. Barbie kind of gets broken. And ends up questioning all sorts of things. A lot of the Barbies in Barbie Land. Are kind of reprogrammed. Into just being subservient to the Kens. And then the Barbies come up with a plan after the amazing speech. They come up with a plan to unprogram the Barbies to get Barbieland back to normal and, yeah, get out of this state of cognitive dissonance. They wear these amazing pink jumpsuits and there's... Kind of a lot of uh, representation of toxic masculinity. Um, some funny, I mean, men really get a kind of a raw deal at certain parts of this film. Toxic masculinity um, with them playing their guitars for four hours, singing a song about how they're going to push Barbie around. And then there's a lot of toxic femininity about how they use that to control. The uh, a however that isn't the ending of the film you know that's just another turning point in the film and it says at the end of the film about being enough and can't we just have an ordinary Barbie who's just got a bit of a crummy job and who is a mum and I just thought that was really interesting how that's linked to the start of the film where these little girls are smashing up their baby dolls and that, yeah, maybe being a mum is enough. Ken becomes independent and he realises that he um, doesn't have to be created just for Barbie. He wears this amazing top saying, I am enough," And that I am enough message is the key takeaway that I got from the film this time. And I just loved it absolutely loved it i would love to go and see it again actually just to see if there's any other bits that i missed and yeah my daughter she just thought it was fun i don't know if my older daughter has seen it yet i need to need to find out i need to make her go and see it (laughs) and after we went to the cinema um my daughter wanted to get some hair dye and yeah she wanted to just dye little ends of her hair blue first time ever so we go up to boots big city centre boots i haven't been in there for for years <clears throat> and obviously big city centre boots there's loads of makeup counters my daughter loves it she loves the mirror she loves She loves makeup, she tried on some red lipstick, she, yeah, for me, one of the things about the body dysmorphic disorder is I can't look in mirrors, I haven't been able to look in a mirror for 10 years, definitely not a full length mirror, occasionally I can look in a little mirror to do bits of makeup, I can't look at my whole face all at once determined not to pass on that message to my little girl so I encourage her to look in mirrors as much as possible I know that I've already passed a bit of it on to my bigger daughter which is so so sad but I'm there scared about the mirrors in the shop and what I'm going to try and do is Tell myself this message that I am enough. It never used to be enough to tell yourself that you're enough. But I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to tell myself that one. And kind of let myself off the hook of trying to be the CEO of this company that I'm building. Being a mum, you know, that is enough. It's hard work it's hard work enough being a mum being a single mum is such hard work so yeah just powerful to be left with that I am enough message and that that is enough (laughs) I just just love it for that so I will finish the podcast now and I'm just gonna record the amazing speech so that you guys I see shouldn't even say guys so that you can Hear it. I wanted to add some information about Jezebel. So what is a Jezebel? Maybe you have heard the name before. Yet another name that is given to women. Jezebel was a woman in the Bible, an evil queen of Israel, who murdered God's prophets and who encouraged the worship of idols such as Baal in Israel. And although many of us may have heard about the person Jezebel, we may not have heard about something known as a Jezebel spirit. The Jezebel spirit term is used to describe someone who uses cunning, seduction, deception, usually to tear apart marriages, churches and other entities. Maybe this is why Mattel called Barbie Jezebel because she's she's going to tear apart their image of um, Barbie and their the perception in, in the real world. That may be why she gets given the, that label. So it typically means that a Jezebel is someone who uses sexual persuasion to try and get someone to do something for them, a femme fatale but much more insidious than that, someone who uses powers of seduction to woo a married man or to take a man of God away from the path of righteousness. It also hints at um, having a wicked nature. Someone who is unrepentant, destructive. Someone who wants to have control of things that they're not meant to have control of. And again, that might be another reason why Bobby is given that name. By Mattel. And why they want to put her back in the box. So yeah. There's some information there. About Jezebel. One final thought. It's when Barbie meets her creator. God. For Barbie. Like I said. There's a scene where they have a cup of tea. Ruth and Barbie. And their fingers touch. Like in the Michelangelo picture painting. One of the final scenes is where she goes for a walk with Ruth, a little bit like the scene in Harry Potter where Harry is in death and walking with Dumbledore in this empty screen. And Ruth, the creator, says about all the good things she did stopped Barbie land becoming a patriarchy, helping the mother and daughter connect. And says, Barbie just kind of brushes it all off. And then Ruth says, maybe she's self-effacing Barbie. And Barbie says, maybe she's not Barbie anymore. And it's this meeting and this talking with the creator, like praying, like cl- closing eyes, holding hands, talking to the creator that lets Barbie know that she has choices about how she lives her life. She closes her eyes, she breathes, it has a close-up of her heart, gold heart pendant representing the heart and yeah, Barbie comes to life. So it really is an existential film. I need to go see it again. So here is the amazing speech in the film, the monologue by the mother in the film, played by America Ferrara, if I pronounce that right. Apparently people in the cinema were crying at this um, monologue. And it comes at a stage in the film where Barbie has just declared that she's not good enough. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin, and you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behaviour, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other people because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow Little Joy Jar on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I have a Facebook group called Little Joy Jar if you'd like to join that. Remember to have belief in your life story. Bye bye.